Hi, welcome to School of Hustle. I'm your host, Sarah, and this is the show where we chat with everyday entrepreneurs about everything that goes into starting a new venture. Today's guest is not only an entrepreneur, model, and influencer with 170,000 followers, she's also a doctor. Dr. Jennifer Sai is a modern-day optometrist that has achieved what few others in her industry has done. She runs a concierge vision care and optical boutique, unlike any other, called Line of Sight. Jennifer also founded Carrot Eyewear, a fashion-forward eyewear brand that is made for those with heavy screen time. Jennifer, welcome to the show. It's so great to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so honored. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? Yeah, um, so I grew up in a small town in Virginia, um, and I... I uh, went to University of Virginia shortly after I started optometry school in Philly and moved to New York. Um, I was really passionate about eye care um, starting in, I think, high school. Not on purpose, but because I was a really bad contact lens wearer. Oh, why? Did you, were you one of those people that just puts it in and sleeps in it? I might have been. Uh, yeah, I've and done that. It's terrible. It's, it's awful, and I tell patients that now, but um, I slept in my contacts and ended up with a really... Um, severe uh, corneal infection that led mm-hmm. to an ulcer, an ulcer, and it could have led to blindness um, mm-hmm. if I didn't catch it in time. So that really piqued my interest in optometry. Um, and when I went into, I guess, um, undergraduate to, to do my studies, I explored different specialties in healthcare. I knew that I wanted to be in a career where I helped people. But during that time, while I was shadowing different specialties, um, I shadowed an optometrist and I got my exam done and I was dilated and I found out that I had another eye issue which is uh, called a retinal tear. Wow Uh, and how does one get a retinal tear? That sounds scary. It is quite scary and usually you're asymptomatic. Um, A lot of people don't know. Um, Your tissue in the back it's really um, delicate and Mm -hmm. if you develop a hole or tear um, you could also lose your vision. so. So you've almost lost your vision Two different times. Yes, kind of. (laughs) You're very lucky to have perfect vision today. Which is why I'm here. Yes. (laughs) But I I was really shadowing those optometrists, and I think what stood out to me was they were so compassionate about what they did, and I could tell that they cared about me as a person. They were very patient with me, and um, that really got me um, interested in it because I felt like they they embodied um, who I wanted to be. So... I decided to pursue optometry shortly after that. So they really were the ones that inspired you to get into the field. And mm-hmm. you, most people that go into the eye field, they just become an optometrist and that's, that's where it ends. But mm-hmm. you went a step further and you've now designed an eyewear brand. Mm-hmm. You've opened your own boutique shop. So mm-hmm. tell me about that. Why not just become an optometrist? Mm-hmm. Um, why did you decide to go the extra step and become an entrepreneur in this industry? That's a good question. I don't think that I really thought about it. It's funny, in school they have you, the very first day in orientation, you draw. And I thought I was like, that's silly. Like, it's so, it's, I feel like I'm in kindergarten. You draw a picture of how you expect your life to look like in five years. Um, and I drew, I think, a picture of a house and me and kids. And that's what I thought my life would be. And how old were you at this time? I was 20. When did I start school? I, 22 or 23. Okay. I feel like we all thought we were going to have like a, like a house and kids by 25. And exactly. then you become 25 and you realize, wait, I don't. 
<laughs> this is, yeah, this wasn't, I, and I think that because the society and, and what you see everyone else totally. do, you think the path to success is the same. Mm -hmm. And I didn't know that I could explore other options. Um, and these are things they also don't really tell you in school because you're there to learn um, eye care. Mm -hmm. uh, primarily, and um, I think part of it was I was always curious to nature. I think being an entrepreneur wasn't something I planned on doing, but I think because I'm curious and I think that things could always be done in a better way, yeah. I think that passion really pushed me forward um, to want to create a space or um, products that I think um, are helpful for people. So you have the two brands, you have Carrot Eyewear and you have Line of Sight, which is where we are today in her beautiful new boutique shop in Hudson Yards. So congratulations. Thank I know you. you opened during a hard time, but it's currently doing really well. So that's a huge accomplishment. So which one did you start first, Carrot Eyewear or Line of Sight and why? Uh, so the first one I started was actually Carrot Eyewear. Um, I started, I think, hmm, January or March of 2018, which <clears throat> at this point, I feel like with the pandemic, it's been, it feels like years ago. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, but it's only been two years. So I think um, at that time, the reason why I decided to create an eyewear line, again, it wasn't because I thought that that was something I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, but I was seeing patients um, and every patient, uh, especially in New York, um, and more prevalent now that everyone's working remote is they always complain that they had headaches at the computer screen yes. and that they um, had trouble focusing and they were experiencing eye strain. Mm -hmm. um, and they asked me um, what I recommended for them um, to purchase online because they wanted something that was affordable um, that they could just easily put on in front of their computer desk. Yeah. And I found um, it hard to recommend something that I would personally you know, tell my patients to purchase online without knowing where they got the lenses from, yeah. the quality of the blue light protection. I, I do want to be able to create a doctor-made affordable eyewear line for blue light protection that is something that anyone can purchase domestically and in Canada. So really to be able to reach out to others who need more help because I recognize it's not just the patients that I see. Myself included because sometimes when I'm on a computer too long my eye starts twitching. Is mm -hmm. that a sign of uh, something relating to blue light? So it, it can happen from digital strain when there's too much computer usage or your prescription is not corrected properly. Mm. Um, but it happens because um, it's usually due to stress, lack of sleep, too much caffeine, dehydration, and excessive computer use. So, mm, okay, I makes mean, sense. That's like everyone. That's the definition of um, COVID-19. <laughs> it started exactly uh, so carrot eyewear isn't just your normal blue light glasses you've designed some very fashion forward glasses and was that part of the plan when you started carrot eyewear was there's nothing in the market that actually looks good that actually works uh, yes I didn't think that the styles um, spoke to uh, different personalities. Mm -hmm. uh, so creating styles that I think um, are fashion forward without having to shell out like hundreds of dollars yeah. for something that you could wear simply for the desk um, was important to create. And I think that there was a lack in the market um, space for that because a lot of the frames seemed generic mm -hmm. um, and they were uh, plastic acetate frames, yeah. um, one solid color. So. Um, or the light, the glasses were either too yellow or too blue um, in yes. terms of the, the tint and I wanted to be able to create something that looked virtually transparent. Let's talk about execution, right? Mm -hmm. So starting uh, Carrot Eyewear, how do you start an eyewear brand? Where do you get the materials, the funding? Mm -hmm. Can you walk me through this process? Yeah, um, so I 
worked for, I would say, maybe four years prior to starting my eyewear line. And um, I, in the beginning, worked like two to three different positions. I, I had some days worked seven days a week. Wow. Anytime um, a place could offer me more hours, I took it. Um, and it partly was to learn as much as I could and absorb all the information that I could learn from different practices. Mm -hmm. um, but part of it really was to save up um, money to be able to uh, create something. And uh, I knew that I wanted to open a store, but I wanted to get something going. With the eyewear line, it was something that I felt like I could sort of bootstrap myself mm -hmm. um, with a smaller funding, save on the side. So. Um, every month I would put aside savings uh, towards being able to eventually manufacture frames. Uh, went through the process of going through designs um, and also seeking different manufacturers, um, even going on a trip to different locations to evaluate if this is uh, a place that I want to create my product. Um, and going through the process of actually getting it manufactured and sent over and creating the marketing and the website to be able to to sell the product. So so you really started yeah. it from the ground up. You've d you yeah. did everything from designing the lenses to finding the materials to designing the website. How do you design eyewear? So the frame itself, um, usually you create renderings or sketches. Um, there's cat design. Um, and then with the renderings, definitely with the help of the manufacturer, because in the beginning, I didn't quite know what I was doing mm -hmm. either. And there's definitely a whole box of mess-ups that yeah. I have of samples that you get. Um, and a lot of these uh, manufacturers are overseas, either in Italy or China, mm -hmm. Japan. Um, and so uh, really just going through the process of showing them different molds they created. Um, they send you a sample of the mm. mold. Then you send them the logo design and they help uh, stamp that on the frame. Gotcha. Um, they can either emboss it or um, they can print it on. Uh, and then creating also the lens cloth in the case. Mm -hmm. um, so these are all different manufacturers you use because the same manufacturer that makes the lens isn't the same manufacturer that makes the frame. Wow. Um, so How do you find them? Um, I tried to search online for a few places. Um, I would ask colleagues um, in, in optical industry um, what they use, but really ultimately it came down to going to optical fairs um, that they host once a year in different locations and you mm. go to these booths and you really get to te test the material and see it. Okay. A lot of it was not being able to travel so far all the time, so it was just ordering um, from different manufacturers in the hopes of finally getting one that produced the product that you want. And still I'm constantly searching. I think that um, you always want to be able to find uh, better products out there. So I'm yeah. constantly looking for better products. <laughs> so you've designed the lenses. Mm -hmm. You love what you made. What's the next step? Um, with Carrot, it is an e-commerce line, um, and it was initially very fun for me. It's like a great way to reach, um, I would say, like millennials, young professionals who really just wanted something quick and easy, affordable, and trendy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, hopefully, maybe in the future, I be, would be able to expand it into sort of um, different designs and possibly adding prescription into them. And I think that's something that a lot of consumers have requested um, to be able to do that. So I think being able to uh, possibly put prescription in it and maybe making it global, yeah. um, I think would be amazing. So That would be very, very exciting. Yeah. 
Uh, why call it carrot eyewear? Because I think when I when patients come in, they, they, they ask me, the most common question is, should I eat carrots? Is it healthy for your eyes? Oh Will it make God. my vision better? <laughs> that makes sense now, yeah. <laughs> Not exactly true, but carrots are good for you. So informative, thank you. <laughs> um, let's talk about your next venture, which is line of sight. Yes. So it seems like you thought of line of sight um, and then many years later you actually went through with starting the business. Now, mm -hmm. any entrepreneur knows that it takes time to formulate the perfect idea mm -hmm. and I'm sure that was part of your process. So mm -hmm. um, how long did it take you between concept and execution and what did you do during that time? Um, it definitely took me the full four years of practicing. I think I knew maybe my second year out that after working in all these locations that things could be done better and that I eventually did want to start my own. And part of what I did was trying out different places. Um, I remember just going into different practices that were on the market to sell and um, evaluating their P&L sheets. Um, that was something I did not learn in school at all. And I had to go in there and really learn to understand um, what business was, uh, was about. And mm -hmm. after evaluating a bunch of places, I realized um, you know, maybe the demographic wasn't right or the location wasn't what I was looking for or they were selling at a cost that I thought or that was um, much higher than I thought the evaluation was worth. And on a personal level, I think I wasn't ready. I yeah. think I wasn't mentally and emotionally there and invested and I think part of it was I didn't have the confidence at that point in time. And I think that takes time to grow. Definitely. Um, I think um, confidence uh, is experiencing things both internally and um, externally. And I think when I was going through that period, I was growing. Mm -hmm. um, and I maybe didn't recognize it at the time, but that time was critical for me to be where I am now. I understand my worth and what I'm able to offer. Um, and that doesn't mean that you're still not learning as it goes on, but mm -hmm. you, you know exactly what you want to do and what your purpose is. That's so true. Do you think starting Carrot Eyewear is what gave you uh, that confidence to start another venture, which would be line of sight? Definitely. I mean, I think um, in terms of scale, I think having an um, online e-commerce uh, product line that I started with my own savings mm -hmm. um, and growing from that has taught me a lot about being an, um, an entrepreneur and running my own business that I felt confident um, so going forward and signing an actual retail space and really creating a brand from scratch. Um, I never dreamed in a million years that I would, or think that I would open a brand new Cold Star practice in Manhattan. The design of Line of Sight, mm -hmm. the interior design of Line of Sight is so beautiful. It feels like you're in someone's living room, it's cozy, it's welcoming. Um, it's unlike any eyewear location I've been. Normally I feel like I'm in a hospital <laughs> or something, so this is very nice. And I'm sure that that was a strategic decision. Did you design the interior and why choose this style? Uh, so the design actually came down to just um, me and my partner. Um, my partner and I designed it together and um, he, he has a background in finance but he also is quite creative and so am I and I think that um, we were able to really just put our heads together and create a space um, both with my background on 
how I'd like the patients to feel and experience the space and his experience on the other side of it. Um, I see eyewear as um, art and really to create the front as this optical boutique is what we call it. Um, and in the back of the house, it is a, a bit even warmer to really create a space that is inviting for patients, um, that they are in a place that they want to be. Um, I don't want patients to come in because they only come when they're sick. Uh, I want them to be here because they enjoy the whole experience. Walking in your space, I feel like I'm in a gallery. <laughs> and um, let's talk a little bit about funding mm -hmm. because obviously to fund something like this in Hudson Yards um, requires extensive funding. Um, to fund an eyewear line requires funding. Mm -hmm. We talked about how you were able to fund this. Mm -hmm. How were you able to fund line of sight, which would require much more money down? Mm -hmm. um, so with the funding for the store, um, this is something that, again, I didn't really quite understand until going into it. And I'm lucky to have, again, my partner who, who has a background in finance and investing to really have a good grasp on it. Um, so uh, he taught me a lot, uh, but together we focused on being able to save enough um, money on the side to have, you know, working capital mm -hmm. to plan for something that I don't think anyone could plan for, which is a opening in the middle of a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and luckily for me, being able to work, as I mentioned in the past, for years, two jobs to three jobs to four, um, six to seven days a week was really to save up um, to be able to start something um, bigger. And even with Carrot, I was able to take the money just doing organic marketing and not having to spend quite a lot on um, paid advertisements or budgeting to use that money towards um, funding um, the store. Um, and then having small like business loans taken out mm -hmm. um, is something that I uh, we also invested in. Okay, so really it was a combination between your savings, loan, and the leasing equipment that helped you open this. Mm -hmm. Good to know. That's mm -hmm. very helpful for people that want to start something like this. You've mentioned marketing a few times mm -hmm. um, as you spoke about starting this business. Uh, tell me about your marketing strategy, both with Carrot Eyewear and Line of Sight. Mm -hmm. They're different slightly, mm -hmm. um, require different types of marketing. Uh, you do have a very large social media following, which can definitely help. So how did you market these two brands? Uh, with Carrot, I, um, the neat thing was I um, am also a, I guess, um, content creator or digital creator, I guess influencer, right? Mm -hmm. Back in the day, I think, back in the day, that was like more like two years ago, <laughs> three years ago. Back in the day, back back in the day. before COVID. <laughs> yes. um, you know, like healthcare professionals, I think it, they felt really uncomfortable putting themselves out there mm -hmm. um, to, to share that they have um, social media because it, it's a conflicting view. Should I put myself out there as a professional? Um, does it feel wrong? And um, for a while, I actually didn't even plan on growing my social media until I think up until maybe two, three years ago, I, I decided um, being authentic and sharing that I am an optometrist, but I also do have a personal life. And that's where um, my social platform came from, Dr. Jen and Juice. And that's um, where it grew. And I think from, from learning that, um, being as an influencer on the side and working with companies um, and other brands, yeah. um, I learned the opposite side. So when I started Carrot, I actually learned what it's like to be the brand approaching influencers. So I kind of use that to um, that knowledge to be able to sort of turn it around and know what the influencers want and how to work with them and um, to get them to um, 
may, uh, maybe want to share a product that they personally really authentically enjoy. So mainly for you, it's been social media and it's been word of mouth marketing through online reviews and mm -hmm. things along those lines. I've noticed that you have gotten some press and publicity. Mm -hmm. um, you've been on a few TV shows. Many people would love to be on TV shows. Many people would love to have their business um, featured like that. How do you do it? How? Um, I knock on their doors. Please, <laughs> please, please answer me. <laughs> uh, no, but like, and, and I'm just grateful. I think there are just opportunities of doors that um, people have opened up for me, and I, um, I'm just really lucky. And I think that. Um, uh, I just um, am really appreciative of people who are able to help me along the way. And I think it's really knowing key people that want to be there to help me and put me in touch with um, specific companies or, or um, others. With TV shows, um, they have reached out to me, mm -hmm. some of them. They just looked me up and they saw my social media yeah. or um, my, my website um, and they see the store and they think that it's a cool concept and they're intrigued and they want to um, talk about it. And some of it is really through, like I mentioned, like really just um, people, key people in my life, um, maybe who also then put me in touch with like magazine editors or um, like TV shows or, or talk shows. Mm -hmm. So. Do you have any tips on networking in this type of industry mm -hmm. and and networking in a way that provides results like that you've seen? I guess on a, uh, if it's may, maybe just me um, on a personal level and I think it's just being um, when you're good to someone mm -hmm. and you are I guess generous and you help someone in a way where mm -hmm. there's no like intense behind it I think that um, people do understand, they, they feel that it's honest and I think that that really carries a lot of weight and I think that it's always really just like making sure that, um, for example, if I have a patient come in, um, I'm really taking good care of them as a friend mm -hmm. um, and treating everyone that way and they happen to maybe be in a, in a specialty or they know someone that um, know someone else. They're more than happy to um, put me in touch with someone and I think that really is just the most authentic way mm -hmm. um, on a very uh, basic level but in terms of really trying to um, do it as a business. Um, I, I've in the past hosted uh, a few events when prior to having my space and these events consisted of working with different um, local brands um, that are in uh, New York. I would tell them that I'm hosting events, let's say, uh, one of them was for like woman um, empowerment. Ooh. I had a lot of um, key leaders within New York City um, come into a space to do wellness and yoga and then we did a talk. Um, and then there we had products um, from local uh, vendors that are um, founded by women as well oh, to I really spread that. the mass that message. Um, and then I, I've also done events where I hosted um, like events for healthcare professionals to come in from different specialties and have them um, meet each other. So I think as a business, this is a great way to um, sort of network within your environment. Yeah, I definitely agree. And those are all really good strategies, a combination between treating people with respect and always being real and authentic with people. You've successfully run two businesses now. What is one piece of advice you would give to aspiring entrepreneurs? Um, can I give two? You can give two, you can give three, you know, the more the merrier. Um, my first advice, and I think that applies to really um, 
everyone is uh, don't focus on what success looks like um, focus on what makes you happy mm. and um, for the longest time especially in this modern digital age to see what someone else is doing and to think that they're successful and to think that maybe you're not there yet and to um, feel like you have to do something just because someone else is doing it and I think that lacks purpose um, I think that understanding that someone's life may look very different from yours and that's completely okay but you'll get there when you're passionate about something and you're happy with what you do success will come to you in a different way and I think that um, is important to me and I think that that helps me um, as a a small entrepreneur. That's so um, true because it's so easy to compare yourself these days, but yeah. it really is about what makes you happy. Yeah. Because even the most successful people, what you think is success, they're not happy. I mean, you've seen so many celebrities talk about this mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. just because they're famous, it doesn't mean they're happy. Yeah. Um, uh, and the other one was, uh, oh, I have three. So the other one <laughs> is. <Nice>. <laughs> <laughs> Again, extras with this interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, my other one is really to focus on your craft, mastering your craft. Um, just like, um, you know, I think this is something that I see, and I learned a lot in terms of eyewear, like some of the brands that are made in Japan. Um, in, in the culture, they focus on their specific craft, and they do it over and over and over and over until they reach perfection. Um, and I really think mastering your craft and being good at one or two things is important because that is your specialty. Mm -hmm. And um, being able to carry a product that you know within that one or two um, uh, realms of specialty, you are exceeding in it, and yeah. I think is really important as an entrepreneur. Um, so focusing on what um, your key purposes or, or your your niche. Um, and then really the last one is to, um, I follow a 1% rule or a 1% plan. Um, have you heard of that before? I think, I've, I think I know what you're getting to, but I'd love to hear more. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think um, to me, maybe it means something different, but to me it, it means um, each day to wake up and work on some uh, being 1% better. Oh, and, that's different than what I thought, but I like <laughs> that. <laughs> that's my take on it at least. Um, really just to, to each day, as long as you do um, work on it on, on that one percent, it adds up, and it's accumulation of that over time. And so, like an example is building a practice from scratch. Um, when you start from the beginning, it's overwhelming. You're like, how would I ever so get true. here? Doing that one percent every single day and repeating it and making a commitment to it, um, it gets you to a place where it is now. And I would never have thought that I could ever have gotten here if mm -hmm. I didn't put in that 1% every single day. Um, and it helps me to not feel overwhelmed by having too much on my plate, but it does push me forward to become better um, each day. So it's been absolutely wonderful having you on the show, Jennifer. And thanks for those that joined us and everyone that tuned in today. Now, if you want to learn more about Dr. Jennifer Sai, visit drjenniferside.com. Follow her on Instagram at Dr. Jen and Juice and her studio line of sight vision. That is all for this edition of School of Hustle. Keep up with all of our episodes on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you stream and download podcasts. And if you like what you heard, please leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe to our show. We'll see you next time. Bye. When the low, yeah, we going high.